This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you very much for being here. Feels good. All right, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Lots to get to today. Some fun stuff. Uh, certainly things that'll make you scratch your head. Uh, we'll we'll start off with one of those, David. Yeah. Well, Biden's campaign co-chair, Democrat Senator Chris Coons, says he thinks that Joe Biden's approval numbers are going to go up once people see that one time he was able to ride on an airplane and walk. Excuse me. Th- At the same is- time. This is scraping the bottom of the barrel, isn't it? This was on CNN. Okay. There's a new campaign ad out today. I hope you've seen it. Uh, It shows how President Biden made an unannounced visit uh, to a war zone, one not controlled by the United States, uh, when he went to Kiev a number of months ago. First time a president in the modern era has gone to a war zone. And it does, in the background of the ad, describe that he left Washington at 4 a.m. He traveled 40 hours to get to Kiev. It shows him striding forcefully, having a pointed conversation with President Zelensky, uh, fearlessly engaging in Kiev. What are we talking about here? Yeah, it's once people see the ad, then they'll know that cognitively what he has no decline. Right. Because in February, we took selective clips of him walking in Ukraine and we tell people the guy was on an airplane for 40 hours. (laughs) One of the nicest, most comfortable airplanes in human history. He was able to be on that for 40 hours, okay? Never mind that when the guy got there and then gave his big speech in Poland, um, a lot of that was incomprehensible. Never mind all of the other statements that he's given in public that are barely English. Okay, you can't fool all the people. You saw the latest polling numbers at CNN. I mean, there was a meltdown there. We can get to it a little bit later. I like I mean, the way they started that conversation. Oof. <laughs> I mean, cognitive I decline. I mean, you can't hide it anymore. It's, it's, no, you can't. And and listen, if I'm going to counter that ad, there's there's only thousands of hours worth of tape I can drag out. Him yeah. falling up the stairs, crashing his bike, shaking hands with ghosts, wandering oh, off yeah. the stage. I mean, there's a million things to counter that. Please. It almost seems to me that Chris Coons didn't get the memo yet. That Joe's not going to be there next year. He's going to get replaced because as far as I can tell, I'll play you the audio. When Van Jones is on CNN? Yes. He basically throws the message out there. It's time to take the keys away from Grandpa. And he actually said, Grandpa. Yeah, he did. For crying out loud. Roll it. Uh, I think a lot of Democrats uh, look at these numbers and say the whispers are finally showing up in this data. 
Uh, people are talking behind their hand. They worry about Joe Biden. Joe Biden's like that grandpa that you love, that you believe in, you owe a lot, but you, you, you start to wonder, uh, you know, would, would you give this grandpa a high-stress job for six more years, or would you want something else for him? All right, time out right there. That's the way they're positioning it. Yeah. We love him so much. We owe him so much. Do we really want him to go through this? He would be this guy that would really, you know, he's such a selfless public servant that he'd do it for us. But do we want that for him? Right. That's not what they're saying. They're putting this They're back. saying this guy can't yeah. do it. They're, they're putting this back on the sympathies of the American people. Well, see. Listen. That's what's being talked about. And people are scared to come out and, talk, and say anything about it. But I think it's important for us to have this conversation now. I think this may be the bottom for Joe Biden. He may go up as the economy improves. But right now, the economy is getting better and fears about the economy are getting worse. No. No, 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 no. People I, are not fooled by that either. No. I, I, I saw this uh, conversation uh, online last night with people who claim to have expertise and they're talking about inflation and how, you know, it's like 79 percent. Excuse me, uh, like 79 percent of the American public think inflation's getting worse. And Just a say, quick well, show note, if David makes it through the whole show without losing his voice. Yeah. You know, we'll give thanks. Well, we got Gavin Newsom right, waiting to replace him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, In well, the green room. <laughs> it's like 79% of Americans believe that inflation is getting worse. And people like Tom Nichols, if you're familiar with his work, were saying, well, you just can't break through that kind of ignorance. And again, it's an academic conversation. If you look at the rate of inflation year over year, yeah, you can see that it's coming down. Except then when you compare it to two or three years ago, it's up. Uh, overall, 16 to 18%. So prices are still increasing outside of where the Fed or where yep. economists generally think they should be. And it's getting worse. People are feeling it. And maybe, okay, your econ professor may say, well, technically it's not inflation that's going up, blah, blah, blah. Most people understand that their money isn't going as far as it used to. That's it. I mean, it's simple. And you can talk about, well, jobs report was out. It doesn't matter to the person that's going backwards financially. Yeah. And what a slap, what a slap in the face, too, to tell us it's better, although we just don't recognize it. Yeah. Screw you. Oh, yeah. Have you been to the grocery store? Have you been to the gas station? Something else that's happened over the last few years, just as a side note, at least in my opinion, we used to maybe give a little more credence to when someone was saying, well, the experts say, that's gone. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's over. Well, the experts say, what experts? Experts have lied to us. Experts have been wrong so many times in the last few years where people used to put their faith there and don't any longer. So that argument doesn't hold any water either for people. Meanwhile, <laughs> and this is something, man, because as far as the illegal immigration problem that's been around for a long time but really went to another level and then two others after that when biden took office ignored for so long until it finally shows up in the liberal run cities especially new york city so much that it makes the lead of the today show wow Oh, buddy, roll it. New concerns, the migrant crisis now impacting the return to school. Officials in New York, the nation's largest school district, struggling to find space for 21,000 new students. And the mayor with this ominous warning. This issue 
will destroy New York City. All right, stop it for just a second. Okay? So now the elites have to recognize this problem. Here is one of the funniest parts, and maybe not to you, but it certainly was to me with the delivery of this message from the Today Show. Just ahead, the new plea for help and the desperate search for a solution. Desperate search for a solution? Are you freaking kidding me? Uh, yeah, I mean, there are some border state governors who have been telling you what the solution yeah. is for years. Protect the border. But at the same time, we have a federal judge saying, yeah, Texas, those those buoys, you got to get rid of them. We got to have more people come in. You can't put those buoys up there. Well, if you got the government suing them. I mean... <laughs> Right. I mean, they're, they, they're trying to stop it or not? Of course not. No. Desperate search for a solution. We just couldn't figure out what could it be. <laughs> Look, man, the plan is to turn blue, red states blue with population. That's what it was. That's that was exactly the plan. what okay, it was. Texas. Yes. All right, we're going to make it blue. Yeah. Just let all these people come right, in. Exactly. What? They're shipping them in other places? Hey, you can't do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They're going to continue to do it. And blue could turn red because of it. Nice plan. By the way, too. Governor Abbott out of Texas said, what have they shipped, like 13,000 and change as far as the amount of people up to New York? Yeah. Okay. It's far more than that in New York. Oh, yeah. The federal government's been sending them there for yes. a while. Yes. I mean, and it's way more than what Governor Abbott has done. Absolutely. But still, I'm certainly glad he did it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. More on that a little bit later. Did you see what happened at the U.S. Open? With the climate change nuts? Yeah. Yeah, the U.S. Open tennis semifinal match was delayed nearly an hour because of some climate change nuts. Uh, they started screaming and chanting from the stands, and one of the idiots glued his bare feet to the concrete floor. So it, it took them nearly an hour to get the guy, you know, unstuck and taken out of the arena. Okay. Um should I just roll the audio first? Yeah, well, I mean, as he was being taken out, the fans were not hiding their sentiments towards him. Oh, uh, no. You suck! You suck! You suck! You suck. Yeah. It takes an hour? I don't know, man. You could get an NFL player to tackle that guy. I'm guessing he's going to come unstuck in a hurry. I mean... Michael Strahan is is just a few blocks away. Just you know, say I'm gonna get him unstuck and there just let go. him tackle him. Yes, or I'm guessing there would have been someone in the crowd that says, "Okay, just get a running start. You got to knock him off the feet enough to where he comes unglued." I'm guessing that could have happened. Eventually, we have to turn the lights out and tell everybody to go home. We'll pick it up again tomorrow. But in the meantime, he's going to stay there overnight with no water, no food, no way to use the restroom dude and and we're gonna also turn the air conditioning up or the heater up to 110 and let's just let it go you glue your feet to the cement yeah and you're gonna stop this for an hour all these people there right. to watch it yeah someone knock him off his feet who cares you glue yourself to the floor what do you what do you expect that skin will grow back yes absolutely yeah we're too soft mm -hmm. golly man oh man get your buddy jocko out there Speaking of Jocko, I have audio of Jocko. All right. Jocko Willink, former Navy SEAL. Yeah. It's about Biden, too. Have you heard this? No. Okay. We got to do that coming up in just a couple. You're going to love this straight ahead. All right.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jeremy Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Talking about Biden's cognitive ability. A Jocko Willink, retired Navy SEAL, uh, was asked about Biden's leadership qualities. His answer, well, I'll get to it in a second. If you're unfamiliar with Jocko Willink, motivational speaker, as I said, retired Navy SEAL. He got a lot of attention when the debacle in Afghanistan was unfolding before us. And he put out a video that said, you know, if he were president, this is what he would do. And because he's a guy that's very much about owning when you fail. Mm -hmm. And part of that, he said, I made some critical errors. Namely, I underestimated the strength of the Taliban and I overestimated the strength and capability of the friendly Afghan forces. And it just went on from there. And these people, you know. Americans and our allies, are all stranded. And that is my fault. To just own it and then say, you know, what you're going to do about it. From you know? those airports, we will conduct rapid strike rescue missions until we have recovered and evacuated all our citizens, allies, and friends. I remember seeing that going, man, I wish the guy was president, honestly. And he went on. We will continue to monitor everything that happens in Afghanistan through our ground and airborne surveillance equipment. And he went on, and at the end, <laughs> this was the line that so many people liked. We will continue that dedicated support until the enemy is no longer a threat to humanity or to the good people of Afghanistan. With a little pause. May God bless America. And may God have mercy on the souls of our enemy because we will not. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Freaking Jocko, man. How many times, guys, uh, if we're off the air, he's, we're quote, amongst ourselves, he's quoted several times oh, yeah, a man. day. Yeah. I'm usually quoting Jocko to you, Scott. Yeah. I know. Talking about if you're going to get your exercise in. Right. And you're like, I don't know, man. I'm like, what? You know what Jocko would say. It's like if I'm not, not really feeling, feeling it, it. Yeah. You do it anyway. Do it anyway. Even if I'm just going through the motions, I go through the motions. That's right. Don't, don't give in to the immediate gratification that is whispering in your ear. Yes, Scott. Shut that down. Yes. Do not listen to that little voice. Instead, Go through the motions. There. Yes. That's that motivational speech right there. Yes. And so Stuart Varney, Fox Business, has Jocko on. This was a few days oh, ago. Wow. I missed it. <laughs> I did too. And he's going over his, you know, five pillars of leadership, that sort of thing, and Jocko goes through it. And so as Stuart is wrapping it up, he has a question for Jocko. And as far as I can tell, Jocko tries to stay away from politics for the most part. But the way he answered the question so directly, I thought was awesome. Roll it. So there's your five principles of leadership. Listen, strong relationships, practice discipline, strike a balance, and take ownership. Do you think that the commander-in-chief, President Biden, has those leadership qualities? Hmm. I think that the commander-in-chief, I think it would be a, a, a difficult thing to do to judge him in his present state as a person mm -hmm. because I don't think that he's really functioning at a, at a full cognitive level at this time. Well, that's a direct and sharp-edged answer. Last one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Yes. Oh, and I included this, too, because I, I thought this was pretty good. Do you miss being a Navy SEAL? Yes, I absolutely do. I miss it every day. Best job in the world, working with the best human beings in the world. What, what was it special about it? Listen, when you wake up every day and you know that the job that you're doing is to go out and defend freedom and democracy around the world, that is a pretty powerful thing to be able to do. And then when you have a bunch of friends and brothers that are extremely focused on the exact same job and mission as you, it's a very powerful feeling to have. It's a camaraderie that I don't think exists anywhere else in the world. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Plus, he likes doing goon crap. I mean... Right at the end, Stuart Varney. It's like, uh, Jocko, I'm just glad you're on our side. <laughs> I'll bet he was. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny to me because you see Jocko, and then you're going back to a political story talking about, okay, possible leaders in the future, and then there's a guy like Gavin Newsom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jocko needs to sit down with Gavin Newsom and talk to him about leadership. All right. Let's have real leadership. Yeah. Yes. Maybe Jocko. How about this for the next presidential debate? It's it's Jocko and Joe Rogan. Yes. Asking the question. Yes. Absolutely. I'm in. That's what we need. Never happened, but I would love it. That's an idiotic answer. <laughs> You're not answering really, the I, question. I really, yeah. But would I don't know if please I can answer the question. Yeah. Yes. You've got to throw the word good in there a bunch of times, too. <laughs> Well, you're talking about something else with Jocko, where the answer to anything, you'd come upon some sort of trial, it's good, good. because it's going to help you be stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Now, as far as Gavin Newsom. Yeah, well, we, we keep hearing stories about how big political donors are wanting California Governor Gavin Newsom to run for president. He's measuring the drapes in the White House. Uh, Chuck Todd from Meet the Press asked him about all that. Oh, why shouldn't we consider you a likely? Well, I think the vice president is naturally the one lined up and the filing deadlines are quickly yeah. coming to pass. Yeah. And I think we need yeah. to move past this notion that he's not going to run. President Biden is going to run uh, and looking forward to getting him reelected. Uh, I think there's been so much wallowing uh, in the last few months and hand wringing in this respect. Uh, but we're gearing up for the campaign. We're looking forward to it. I, I under, oh, you know, come on. It, you hear these calls privately. What do you tell these donors who are wallowing in this? Uh, time to move on. Let's go. No, it's a, we don't want a bloody campaign. We want me just to be, you know, elevated right to the position next spring. So you can't have a real primary. That's the way it works. You know that, Chuck. Come on. Okay. And more on all of this and who is actually going to be the leader of the Democrats. Coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, you got a piece of audio, David, about the Democratic Party. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating because one thing most Americans agree on is that President Biden is pretty old and pretty senile, and that's a problem. Yes. Moving forward in 2024 uh, with the next presidential election. Can the guy make it another four years? Uh, on CNN, it. Aaron Burnett asked Democrat Representative Katie Porter about this. And, well, she's a good company lady. Oh, okay. Does the Democratic Party need to start seriously looking at someone else? Ooh. Well. President Biden has done a terrific job on the economy. And I think this is <laughs> a matter of just 
people wanting to, to sort of dream up what they could imagine um, for different kinds of candidates at this point. But the truth is Joe Biden has a terrific story to tell on the economy. He's not getting a ton of help telling it, I think. And that's part mm -hmm. of one of the things that I hear during my Senate campaign. But do you really? Oh, man. What? All right, what, what do you chalk that up to? Oh, that's just lying. Cognitive dissonance or just yeah. we lie, we just keep lying. It's worked in the past. Yeah, that that's just lying because, one, I mean, saying that the economy is is good is just a lie. And then saying that they're not getting any help selling a positive message of Joe Biden's presidency is also a lie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, media has done their part to try to help that message along. Americans just don't know how good they have it. How many times have we heard that message? Well, again, they live in the real world. They know what they're hearing isn't true. <laughs> well, I, Golly. yeah, and they keep thinking that it's some sort of messaging problem when it's not. Right. It's a reality no. problem exactly. that they have. I mean, like if someone were to poop their pants, you couldn't spin it as saying, mm -hmm. well, I wanted to get a new pair of underwear anyway. Right. That you can't spin your way out of it. It's objectively bad if you crap yourself. Well, the way the Democrats have been operating, they, they would end up saying, well, what's wrong with having crap in your pants? Right. It teaches resiliency. You, just, you can go on with your day. Well, now you don't have to poop anymore. Well, <laughs> doesn't that feel nice? It is. It's something. Okay, this goes on. But do you really think, ultimately, Congresswoman, that if people just saw the economy differently, they wouldn't care about all these other issues that they, they seem to have <laughs> oh. strong opinions on? The stamina, the age, uh, whether they're proud to have him as president, all of those, uh, you know, frankly, pretty damning numbers. Well, as somebody who's run three tough races, I have read a lot of polls in my day, and there's always cross signals, um, and I think that's some of what you see here. Tell cross me if I'm wrong. What she, does that mean? She comes from an area that's going to vote Democrat every single time. Oh, yeah. How could it be a tough race for you? I think maybe tough race in a primary or something. But Right, which Democrat they're going to vote for. There, are, right. there really are no cross signals in any of this polling. Most Americans think Joe Biden is senile or that yes. he's, he's lost a step, if you want to put it nicely. Not only that, but you saw in that same polling, people have a bad feeling about the country in general and where we're headed. You see all of the illegal immigration and all of the problems, and you see the trans hysteria all over. And another story of another teacher trying to influence some kid to change their gender. I mean, all these things add up where, and you think, where's the president on these things? Well, he hasn't protected the border. And then he actually got out there and said, best thing you do, transgender kid, is it doesn't love care. And when you try to make out exactly what he said, yeah, he's all for the kids. Best thing you can do as a mom and dad or just go along with what the kids said. And if all of a sudden they identify as a girl, as a little boy who's, you know, 14 years old, you just go along with it. That's his advice. People are smart enough to know this guy is out of his mind. Well, again, getting back to David's original point, but it, it, they, they'll say, you know, the economy's better. People just don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, I, they just look at it as saying that while we're paying, you know, $17 for, you know, a watermelon and a bag of chips. I mean, <laughs> <Yes>. no, <laughs> we know better. Uh, switching gears. I saw a couple of different pieces on the Tucker Carlson interview with the guy that accused Obama of having sex with him. Yeah, on a 
cocaine field binge. In 1999, because yeah. this dude had made these accusations back in 2007. And the way the story goes, uh, the Obama campaign at the time warned everybody in media, you do not cover this or you're going to lose access to Barack. No one talked about it, that whole thing. The guy's got this riddled past. He's a criminal. He's a drug addict. The conversation has been, why did Tucker Carlson do the interview? What, was he just looking to get clicks? Was he looking to stick it to the Obamas somehow? You know, why exactly did he do it? Because it, it seemed a little seedy. He said before, if I'm interested in it, do I find it interesting? Yeah. And if I find it interesting, I'm going to do the story. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants to do. Exactly. And so, and I saw this piece from, like, from The Guardian, okay, opinion piece, talking about how ridiculous it is and talking about this, you know, criminal that would make these claims and unverifiable. It goes on and on and on. And because Tucker Carlson has fallen so far and he was this star at Fox making all this money and now he's desperate to get clicks. I don't know, man. When he did the interview with Trump the night of the GOP debate, it seemed like it did pretty well. I think he's doing all right. He's building a media company. But there was another piece I saw, and that's, this was from The Federalist, from Daryl uh, Arsani. He said, you know what? Tucker's interview with Obama follows the media standard for covering sex scandals and brings up Brett Kavanaugh. Well, yeah. And you've talked about this several times, David. Julie Swetnick? Oh, yeah. MSNBC had her on, and NBC News, of course, then picked it up as well. This was the woman who accused Brett Kavanaugh of running gang rape parties. Had this, like, sworn statement and all of that. Um, and the claims fell apart, and they dropped the story. Yes. Well, a lot, <laughs> a lot of the credibility of... Christine Blasey Ford was not there. Yeah. But they just ran with it anyway. You know, like it was fact. Mm -hmm. And he just points out, you know, so there is this sort of double standard that we have going here. And then he gets into the whole Trump golden shower dossier claim. Right. There was all that. You're just running with it like it's fact. And one thing, and listen, <laughs> As far as that whole thing with Obama, a lot of people are pointing out he's not even president. He hasn't been president for seven years. Who cares? <laughs> and to that point, I would say, well, that would mean, if it were true, that would mean he's certainly not who he appears to be. And that would be important because of how much influence he still has. And if you've got millions of people thinking that this person is a certain way, but he's not. He's not what he appears. That would blow that up. Yeah. And that's why I think it's being protected so much. Yeah, and I, I think the guy is not all that credible just because, I mean, the... I don't disagree. He, he brings up, like, oh, I took a polygraph. Doesn't mention that he failed the polygraph. Um, well, there, and then there's conflicting reports on that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but at, at any rate, I mean, I don't know if I trust a, a, a convicted fraudster and... and crackhead with that kind of claim but the biggest tell i think coming from the left right now is how defensive they are about this yes because exactly. especially if the accusation is that you know obama may have dabbled in 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 homosexuality or whatever they should celebrate that right because there's nothing wrong with that 
That's what. Yes. Right. I mean, that's yes. that's what we're supposed to believe. There's nothing wrong with that. He was just exploring his sexuality and whatnot. Yes. But they get offended by it, and that's very strange to me. Yes, very much so. And the one thing that's not in dispute is the letters he wrote to his girlfriend in 19... Right. What was that? Is it 82, 92, whatever it was? About how he thinks about having sex with dudes all day long. I mean, okay, you may lie to a girlfriend to impress her on something when you're younger... I don't understand why you would lie about something like that. Well, see, I don't, I, don't get, I don't get that one either. How does that work in your favor? How, how does it? I don't understand right? it. I'm going to leave you for a dude. <laughs> I mean, something I fantasize about a lot. And she's probably going, oh, wow, what is it? And then, I want to have sex with men? What? What? Huh? That's not usually something you would say in the heterosexual relationship. I'll bet she told her brother right away, though. <laughs> Buddy. Hey, this guy. It's just, it's just an all very odd thing, but I think you're right, David. The big tell is how the left and media is treating both of those stories. All right, we got to get to other things. That time of the show going around the table may not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. David, what's your story today? Well, of course, the NFL season is underway. Big upset. Uh, in earnest. Was and- it? Well, I think for a lot of people, I guess from the books, it wasn't. The Lions were favored? Three. Yeah. Wow. Uh, But, you know, you're a big fan of the Dallas Cowboys, Jamie. Yes. And this is a story that is so incredibly on brand. At first, I thought it was a parody. Did you know that now at AT AT&T Stadium, there is a hologram, AI-powered hologram of Jerry Jones that you can pay to do a Q&A with. Are you serious right now? I'm dead serious. AT&T Stadium oh promoted it. Do you want to hear? Uh, so the, the ad that they have is a bunch of people asking hologram Jerry questions about, like, what was it like, you know, buying the Dallas Cowboys, and then here's, I'll pick up part of the audio here. Why did you choose AT&T to be your naming rights partner? The reason AT&T Stadium is AT&T Stadium is because to me, AT&T was like saying America. And I wanted our Dallas Cowboys, America's team, to be associated with Alexander Graham Bell and AT&T. Okay, see, this is why it's hard being a Cowboy fan. I'm just going to say that. And I think you would vouch for me on this. You say, I'm a big Cowboy fan, and I'll I'll own that because I've been a Cowboy fan my whole life. I was asked last weekend, so how are the Cowboys looking this year? I'm like, honestly, I have no idea. I don't pay attention. I'm not one of those guys that pays much attention to offseason. When the games start, I'll watch them. I enjoy it. I am not like I was, say, in my 20s. And we've known each other for a long time, Scott. Yeah. It's a pretty rabid fan. It doesn't mean that much to me like it used to. I watch the games. I enjoy it. Um, And there's part of me that likes and appreciates Jerry Jones, and there's that other part that you're always just shaking your head. Like, golly, man, really? So thanks for that. What's your story, Scott? There was a tear in your eye when we we stood at the 50-yard line under the star, though, and had our picture taken. There was no tear. I think there was some choking back. There wasn't at all. (laughs) What it was was I was glad we got there because you were griping and oh, moaning yeah. so much because we had to walk a long way to get there. Well, How far is it? 17 far? miles to get there. Why didn't you sit down and shut up? Let me go enjoy this one time without you bitching and moaning. To be honest, I actually did have a little bit of a tear on my eye when I got to go onto the field. 
And it was because my, my uncle, who was a huge Cowboys fan, actually sang the America's Team Anthem. Oh, wow. And he had passed away the year before. Oh, and wow. so being on the field at the 50-yard line, standing on the star, that was a big deal. I'll admit, I'm not beyond getting teary-eyed at something like that. I was more like, man, I cannot believe I'm at the 50-yard line. It was cool. Place. I will say wild. that. I'm not a Cowboy fan, but it was cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, what's your story? California State Assembly voted uh, Wednesday to recognize August as Transgender History Month. Hmm. Beginning in 2024, Assemblyman Matt Harvey introduced H.R. 57 on August 29th, and it was passed by the Assembly Rules Committee August 31st. Wednesday, by the way, the full Assembly passed the resolution. It's really a reminder that California stands behind the trans community, and now more than ever, we're not giving up on reinforcing that value. What about actual history? Will the kids study the great trans inventions and speeches? I, I, I don't know. And when will they have Homeless Awareness Month? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Good golly, man. I'll make my story today be quick. Uh, Gatorade, testing a new new drink. Gatorade water. You know, I wondered when they were going to do this. I honestly did because everybody's in that game, you know? The functional water category, that's what it is. Water that is enhanced or fortified. With additional health benefits. So, yeah. H2O. Gatorade. It's all I hear in my head when I see this story. Which is it? The water boy is going to throw down. Combining the two. It's Gatorade water. Yeah, it is. Wow. Okay. Um, David, I know you want to get to this story. It's pretty wild. Rolling Stone does an expose on Jimmy Fallon saying he's a terrible person. That and much more coming up. Right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot of news out there. This one, at least from the entertainment world, but it's making news. The Jimmy Fallon's a terrible person to work for. Yeah, and I, I don't necessarily have trouble believing that he's a messy drunk who acts erratically. Those stories have been out there for a long time, but they have this big article out claiming that he's cultivated a hostile work environment on The Tonight Show. And there are a lot of bold claims, uh, but apparently, you know, he acts erratically. He has bad moods. Some he shows up drunk or hungover. Yeah, probably. But as far as being mean, what are the specifics, dude? One employee says, depending on Fallon's mood, they felt like notes and feedback could be passive aggressive. <laughs> what? Yes. Come on, man. Like one of them was, ugh, lame. What's going on with you? And then one time he flubbed a line and made fun of the person holding cue cards. Jerry Seinfeld was the guest, and Jerry told him to apologize. It felt awkward. Dude, this is the takeaway, because I read the piece. I was like, okay, could the guy be a jerk sometimes? It sounds like, yeah, probably. Um, There's some days he's in a really good mood, and some days he's in a terrible mood. Mm-hmm. Okay. But more than anything... These people are soft, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the biz. That's what it is. I mean, well, no. it's high stress, and you're trying to get stuff on time, and then you're not doing your job, and you expect to not be called out on it? A lot or of you needed to be in a nicer way? Right. They've never been called out on anything in their lives. That's the thing, and man. And when they do, they melt. Yes. I mean, not everybody had an old man like mine, you know? We grew up in a different time yeah. with different coaches, different yeah. bosses, oh, yeah. things like that. Yeah, these guys have been mamby-pambied for a while. Now oh, all of man. a sudden, they're yelling at me. 
Yeah. And, I, and well, David, you've heard Scott and I tell these stories yeah. because we've known each other a little bit longer. Robbins has seen me get, I mean, obliterated by a boss before. Yeah. And I never thought I would see it turn back on Scott, but I ended up at another time seeing that happen. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. And I can only imagine the staff of Jimmy Fallon getting a talking to like that. Dude, they'd be in therapy for eight years. <laughs> yep. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you very much for being right here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. A lot to get to. You want to start with migrant families maybe forced to stay in Texas? Said who? Well, that that's what the Biden administration is planning on doing. And nope. and and well, it's it's actually a return to what used to be the standard is that if you were if your asylum claim was in question, you couldn't leave. You were detained while you were being processed. And so the Biden administration is looking at going back to that. Now, the, the, the frustrating part is the only reason they're considering this is because places like New York City have started complaining about getting a bunch of migrants. Yes. Wow. So now, how to fix this while still bringing a ton of people into the country? Hmm. Right. Yes, return to that stay in Texas stuff. So now, now we're going to do, uh, you know, instead of remain in Mexico, it's remain in Texas. Got it. In Arizona. New Mexico, California, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, No. And you know what, man? You look at the polling as far as Democratic voters. They've had enough. It's like now they've been alerted to this. They're not just taking what somebody like Joy Reid's word for all of this, that it's some made-up farce. No, it's affecting a lot of areas of the United States, and especially these big liberal-run cities. It's just part of it. Now, as far as polling goes— CNN, it was like meltdown yesterday when they got the numbers about Biden, how much trouble he's in. What's that guy that looks like the fired masturbator from CNN? What's oh, the dude's name? Like that guy, but but he's been to the buffet a little bit too much. David Chalian. Yeah. Yes, the political analyst. He yeah. looks like the fired masturbator. <laughs> Jeffrey Tubin. He looks like him in a way. He, he does, but yeah. it, it's it's like if somebody if somebody uh, hooked up the masturbator to a uh, an air pump for five minutes, then that's David Chalian. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't have it in front of me. I can't remember all these dorks' names. <laughs> no, no, I, I like how, like you're doing a sketch. Well, I knew looks, David would know who I was like, talking about. He kind of looks like that fired masturbator. Oh, okay. yeah. And so this guy is giving his analysis, and he can't quite believe it, but it's real trouble for Biden. You noted earlier, 58% of Americans say that Joe Biden's policies have worsened economic conditions. That's a majority there. This is why you hear him talking about Bidenomics all the time and trying to get that number lower. It, it makes you think, was it right for them to label it Bidenomics? Right. He's got to convince Americans it. that he's actually improving yeah. the economy. You see a majority thinks he's worsened it. And look at these attributes. It, the thing is, it has. God. 
for everyday Americans. You can't fool him on that one, dude. Look at these attributes. He doesn't have majority support on any of them. 45% say cares about people like you. A third of Americans say proud to have as a president. And down here, 28% of Americans only say he inspires confidence. So that's part of it. We'll get to the other part later. You remember when this dork was talking about Joe Biden giving America a hug and you could see it shooting out the lights of the monument oh, yeah. or some nonsense? That's the same goof. Same Those lights that are that are just <laughs> shooting out from the Lincoln Memorial mm. uh, along the reflecting pool, it, it, I look. it's like almost uh, extensions of Joe Biden's arms embracing... America. It was a moment where the new president came to town and sort of convened the country in this moment of remembrance. And it's weird because these guys now don't see that he's improving the economy. (laughs) Goober. Well, apparently now we can't say he's kind of like the fired CNN masturbator. We can't? No, because that was clearly fairly masturbatory. You know, I've brought this question up before. I think we all agreed. You got to be known for one thing. That statement or being caught and getting fired. You got to choose one. What's it going to be? I'm going to take the light shooting out of the reflecting pond. You'd rather be known for that than the her? Okay. I think so. I don't know. I think I'd rather get accidentally caught (laughs) than saying I actually wrote this down and thought this is going to be a great moment. See, this is one of those points of the show where I feel like I got to stop, at least in my brain, and say, Lord, forgive me. That was probably over the top. But the guy, dude, these people are a joke. Yeah. But he goes on, and this is pretty interesting as far as the polling out there right now. Uh, A third of Democrats want Joe Biden as the nominee. Nearly two-thirds of his own fellow partisans would like a different candidate. And what is the concern here? We asked an open-ended question. What is your biggest concern about Biden as a presidential candidate? And they said he's not just putting his arms around us like he used to. No, that's not what they said. 49% of Democrats, Democrats. and Democrat-leaning independents say age, 7% mental sharpness, 7% say health. And then we brought it out beyond Democrats, and we asked everyone, are you seriously concerned that Biden's age might negatively affect his ability to serve another full term? You're the political analyst? Uh, yeah. you, you seriously think? Look at him, dude. Yeah, he's a shell of himself. He's crumbling before our eyes. No doubt about it. Three quarters of Americans seriously concerned about that. Nearly three quarters of Americans <laughs> seriously concerned that it negatively impacts his mental uh, and physical competence. 68% concerned yeah. that he understands actually what the concerns are of the next <laughs> generation. Just pop- <laughs> it's just amazing to me, man. I sometimes think so while those times. numbers are high, I still can't understand how there are that many people who think he's mentally competent. You got these doors. polling data. I mean. All the time. We got to get out of our bubble and just talk to regular people. They never do. And then it's abundantly clear when they make statements like that. Okay. Enough of that. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, you got a story on. I can't remember how you call Jill Biden. Dr. First Dr. Lady. First Jill, Lady Dr. Dr. Biden. Yeah. Dr. First Lady. Dr. Jill Biden. Got it. Well, yeah, uh, Fox and Friends, they like to send people out to diners across America to try to, you know, get a sense of what their core audience is is thinking, how they believe or what they believe. Uh, They sent Ainsley Earhart to a diner in Urbandale, Iowa, to talk to voters about the state of the presidential campaign so far. She talked to an 80-year-old named Donna 
and asked what her biggest concern right now is and and started off kind of leading the witness a little bit saying is the economy your top concern and donna says no it's not oh interesting. for me i said one of the things that bothers me is i'm five days younger than the president and i said i gimp my walk has a gimp Aww. i forget things once in a while but i feel that he has been put out before people and being made fun of it all the time. Oh, sorry. And I would hope to think that my family would not do that to me. Oh. And I feel that Jill Biden should be feel very badly for what she's doing. <laughs> mm. Wow. Oh, she chose her words there oh, so carefully. Wow. Yeah, but it was really nice. It's funny. I mean, I, we've talked about that. I don't know how many times over the yeah. years. Like, okay, yeah, Joe Biden is a jerk. He's always been a jerk. Now he's just a senile jerk. But shame on the family for putting him out there and the party bosses for putting him out there because he's humiliating himself. He is, but I think we've come to find something out over time. And, I mean, you've talked about this a lot, David. The family was banking on him in a lot of different oh, yeah. ways that a lot of people didn't have any idea, especially when they ran him out there in you know, late 2019. Going, what are they doing? Well, I don't think we understood the family business was bringing in millions of dollars. Yeah. And the influence wasn't there anymore. But you could get the influence back. So, I mean, you think, what, his son is going to be looking out for him? No. Like, we can't let this happen to dad. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I think we've found out a lot more about Jill Biden, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do you feel? You want to say something? Go ahead. No, I... I no filter. Go but for it. No, my mom is just a few years yes. older than Joe Biden. Yes. And again, as a family, we would never do that to her. I know. Never. Ever. I know. I'm my mom about... is much sharper than, than he is. But it's just... Like it's... in just ca casual conversation. Yeah. I'll vouch for that. I mean, I'll always tell the story. We thought she had a little stroke. And we, I took her to the doctor, and when they asked the question, you know, squeeze the hand, squeeze the hand, who's the president? She looked at me, and she goes, what's that old man's name? And the doctor knew right away she was talking about Biden, so she was fine. She was cognitive enough to understand that, you know, yeah. that's who it was. But I, I do, I, I, and it makes me sad sometimes when I think about it, what they're doing to him. I mean, I think we only have, like, there's like two or three jobs we really have as grown men in this country. Protect kids. Yeah. Protect women. Protect animals and protect the elderly. Yes. Okay, now I'm conflicted because I start to go down that road and then I think about all the speeches he's given. Yeah, I know. I mean, really dividing people, I know. dividing people by race on purpose. No, he does it. Yeah, but I think he's just being told what to say and he's just the vessel. I don't even know if he believes. I don't think he believes what he says. He just says it. Well, yes, he's one of those guys. Yeah. It's all about politics. That's yeah. his real religion. Right. And whatever is politically advantageous is what he's going to say. And profitable and beneficial. And yeah. Yeah. That's why devout Catholic Joe Biden will say, yeah, if your kid all of a sudden starts identifying as a girl and he's a boy, then you should affirm that. Right. If not, we'll take the kid away from you. Yeah. Because it's politically advantageous. No, I, I mean, I get it. I understand what you're saying. There's just that well, side of me. That well, goes, golly, you just winch you, you white knuckle it every I time know. the guy wanders out there. You know, it's like, oh, God. But a lot go. of people. OK, it's not exactly when someone starts to have the decline as they get older mm -hmm. that, you know, you go off a cliff in a week. Yeah, it 
it's over time. Yeah, it's gradual, sure. So there's part of that guy, to your point, David, he's still the same cynical politician he's always been. And then there's part of him that's out of his mind. Depending on what day it is, you don't know what you're going to get. Well, I I, I can synthesize that and summarize that in 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 a fairly good way. They're all bad people. (laughs) <laughs> they are rotten to the core. Yes, if you look at the body of work, I don't know how you could come to any other conclusion. To be honest. I agree. Other news out there, there's new words added to dictionary.com. We've talked about a few of these I'd never heard of before, a coffee nap. Hmm. Which, And again, the theory is you drink a cup of coffee, then go right to sleep for your nap and when you wake up you're supposed to be extra energized you gonna try it no no it's hard enough to go to sleep after the cup of coffee no well right away you're already feeling tired that's what they say maybe um well there's jugging (laughs) (laughs) well that that got your attention scotty just like well Well, i know what what, jugging is yeah what what is is jugging that that's where somebody mugs a person as they've got like an armful of groceries or something there. So they're juggling stuff essentially. And then somebody comes up and robs them. Yeah. Waiting near a store, an ATM, something like that, just to rob you. Hmm. Yeah. The bloatware, <laughs> which is unwanted software that comes pre-installed on a new device. Yeah. Um, snite. S-N-I-T-E? Yes. Snite. Yes. David? Have you ever heard of that before? I have not. No. They say it's more of a British term. It's to wipe, like, snot from your nose with your thumb or finger. Oh, yeah? Yes. You ever done it? Snite. Well, yeah. You better admit it because I've seen it. Snyder. (laughs) That's the guy who does it. He's a Snyder. (laughs) There you go. See? We were there. All right. Much more to get to. Got a news update. Oh, did you see this story on Rotten Tomatoes? Really interesting. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, free speech is important, of course. Elon Musk buys Twitter. It's now X. We learned from the Twitter files how much corruption there was and how much our government was trying to suppress free speech. It's still happening, but just in a different form. That is through advertiser boycotts. Like, wait a second. Well, the government has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Private businesses. Mm-hmm. No, that's not exactly it. Michael Schellenberger, part of the Twitter files, journalist, um, was talking to the people from the Hill and lays it out for you. Um, what I believe that we are seeing now with this demand, this very effective advertiser boycott on Twitter, which has reduced their revenues between 60 to 70%, is the long arm of the security state. And we see it through um, all three of the main organizations that are at the heart of the boycott, which is uh, the Center for Countering Digital Hate, the Institute for Strategic Dialogue, and the Anti-Defamation League. Which, by the way, all sound good by name. Like they're standing up for people. Er, no. Uh, we can we we know they put right there on their website that the institute takes money from many governments, including the United States and the British governments. There is now a report out that the Center for Countering Digital Hate uh, has been funded by a foundation that the British government gave five million pounds to, 
And we also point out that ADL is an organization that um, is very famous actually for spying on American citizens. It was a huge scandal in the early 90s, including... Uh, this gets deep in the weeds, David. And you're usually good, a lot better than me at explaining it. Yeah. I just hear it say, yep, corruption. <laughs> Government's paying for this boycott, but that's basically how they do it. Yeah, I mean, you have private entities, nonprofits, and activist organizations that receive millions of dollars from various organizations to do their dirty work for them. Now, it used to be that governments could go directly to Twitter and just yes. do whatever and right. tell them, hey, you got to take this story down or that story down. Well, now they're going after the pocketbook of Elon Musk and trying to, uh, uh, trying to ensure that Twitter fails financially in an effort to get him to sell yes but at the same time you have a lot of left media going after elon musk there was a whole washington post piece about spacex and how dangerous it is because our country relies so much on spacex and you know they were helping ukraine with the war you know linking up internet and then all of a sudden started to pull it back well they weren't getting paid that was part of it, but the knives are out. This is the last part of what Schellenberger said. Attempting to demand censorship and greater control over the content that's allowed on Facebook and Twitter, um, and doing so in the guise of non-governmental organizations, even though we have this funding and another strong ties uh, to government agencies. Just something else to look out for. Meanwhile, you know, about this time every week, we used to talk with Rotten Tomatoes and always enjoyed it. It got to the point, especially pandemic, there was no movies coming out. And, you know, everything got politicized and wasn't, you know, like this bad breakup or anything. It was just, okay, we'll just move on from there. Just getting a little uncomfortable because we would talk, you know, politically a little bit. Did you see the story that a PR firm paid off Rotten Tomatoes yeah. critics for positive reviews I'm for not, a movie? I'm totally not surprised by this. I'm not. You know, there's part of me that's not, but aren't you disappointed? I yeah. know, but we worked in the industry of payola and plug all of for years. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. All right. Biggest story today, David. Uh, biggest story of the day to me is, I, honestly, it's, it's just kind of watching liberals uh, bend over backwards to say that now there is a migrant crisis. Did you see the, uh, now because it's affecting New York City, the New York Times ran a story today that says... Uh, the GOP got the Democrat border crisis it wanted. That's how it's Are, framed. Okay, with any <laughs> any clear-thinking person, the New York Times is a joke. It just is. Caught the failing New York Times. Yeah. Okay, we got it. we got to get to that. And Kamala Harris, the latest word salad. Have you heard it? Oh my! Oh no! Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. Scott Robin. Okay. Um, who is this person talking about Biden being mentally and physically fine? Oh, well, it's it's one of uh, one of Biden's campaign folks, uh, Cedric Richmond. One thing, again, that most Americans agree on is that President Biden is pretty senile. He's old, oh, yeah. he's lost a step, whatever you want to phrase it. He's obviously deteriorating in his mental abilities. And that's a concern for most Americans. 
Now, one of uh, Biden's campaign officials, Cedric Richmond, was asked about this on CNN by Jake Tapper. <laughs> okay, roll it. Do you not acknowledge that the perception of his frailty, perceived frailty, <laughs> is hurting his campaign, is hurting his reelection chances? Perceived. Voters will see his vigor. Voters will see his accomplishments. If you just look at uh, his schedule, he's traveling around the world over the next four and a half days to continue to show American leadership on the world stage. So when they compare President Biden's travel to that of uh, Republicans, even Republicans that are running for president, he's traveling almost 30 percent more than they are. OK, hey. to any logical person that watches that, it's nonsensical. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you put him on a plane and he stumbles around and he says dumb things and he can't quite read the teleprompter. And that proves to people that he's fine. Yeah, because he can ride on a luxury jet. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. Also, the, the perception of frailty is just such a chef's kiss. Nice oh. way of putting it from Jake Tapper, serious journalist at CNN. Right. Perception of frailty sounds like a geriatric doors cover band. Isn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Or a rom con. Yeah. <laughs> the perception of frailty. <laughs> okay, I got to ask this question with CNN, and, and this could be a lot of the different cable news networks. So their ratings are in the tank, right? And have been for a while. Yes. Okay. Do they think that the answer to turn that around is to put some talking head from the campaign on? that he's going to give you honest answers to your questions. What a waste of time that is. Who watches that? That's what I don't understand. Are there enough political dorks in the United States that watch that, that give it enough ratings? Because it's just absolute nonsense well, yeah. for any clear thinking person. You can see it. You can hear it. And to hear just the ongoing BS is all I can come away with is this is why people can't stand politicians. I'll give some credit to Jake Tapper for at least ask, asking the question. That's what it's come to, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. They were giving that guy credit for mishmashing or actually and dancing around the perception of, of a question. Yes, but at least it was there. It was sort of there. It was barely there, but it was there. Wow. The bar is low. Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. Well, the bar is lower in so many different places. You know, before I get to this Kamala Harris clip, you know, we were talking with some people the other day that were just talking about basic customer service, how terrible it is where you go to so many different places now that it, maybe it wasn't 10 years ago. It's because people are desperate to hire anybody. Like the bar has been lowered everywhere. Oh, yeah. You can see it, which I guess will lead into the vice president. Kamala Harris, I've heard it time and time again, the Democratic Party knows she's not the answer. Okay, and whatever hit they're going to take for not elevating her to be the next president. Well, what's wrong? Is it because she's black? She's a woman? What is it? They're willing to take that on because they know she can't do it. Mm -hmm. And part of it is she talks in nonsense all the time. This is the latest. She's asked a question and she's, you know, I'll just play it for you. And then I want to ask what she just said. This is less than 30 seconds, okay? I feel very strongly about um, the importance as a general matter of engaging in 
U.S. policy as it relates to foreign affairs in a way that we pay attention, of course, to the immediate concerns and threats if they exist, but that we also pay attention to 10, 20, 30 years down the line and what we are developing now that will be to the benefit of our country. Scott, you first. What did she just say? What are the... Well, I think what she's trying to say is we need not only pay attention to the now, we must pay attention to the then. You mean the future in, or the past? Right. Well, we have, to, we, have to, we have to deal with it now so that in the future we'll be able to more comprehensively understand the problem and deal with it accordingly. I think that's what she's trying to say. David? I think she gets paid by the word, but <laughs> because what what I think she's saying in simple terms is basically, hey, U.S. policy in uh, foreign affairs is about addressing the current needs, but also setting us up for future success. Okay. Right. She's worked with consultants, yeah. specialists. But you just said something that made sense to me. Yeah. You but, said she's getting paid by the word? That must be because she's not getting paid by the sentence because that's another run-on sentence that never ends. Never ends. But that but right, but that's also like just such a boilerplate thing anyway. It's it's right. It's well, yeah. the it's the diplomatic version of of a uh, like a piece of generic artwork at Hobby Lobby, you know? I mean that like yeah, of course your foreign policy is going to be addressing the needs currently and hopefully setting you up for future success. How do you do that? Right. I mean, it reminds me of by that. Right. It reminds me of being in a, in a social media strategy meeting years ago when I was a manager and uh, at a radio station and all the other radio station managers were all together and we were like brainstorming ideas to increase our social media presence and digital sales and whatnot and one of these guys who thought of himself as kind of a hot shot he was an idiot but thought of himself as really a hot shot said well you know what we need to do we need to make things go viral <laughs> and and the boss at the time actually wrote that down on the whiteboard <laughs> make things go viral okay and the rest of us kind of had a joke going on for quite some time right like there's some button that you push that makes something go viral like so the joke was did you push the button yet by the way right oh i forgot to do that oh see that's why that's why our social media strategy is failing right or how could we improve the radio group in general and someone's like, I got an idea. Get better ratings. <laughs> no. Profound. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's sort of the thing. manager says we have to pitch better and score more runs. <laughs> Doesn't tell you how that's gonna happen. <laughs> you know, I mean, of course. But it is, it's like this political thing. I get your point. It's almost like you gotta help families um be able to help their kids realize their own version of the American dream. Right, some political speak that's yeah. been said a million times, but you take that and make it into thirty seconds. To have strategies, that you know, and all these word things she uses. I feel very strongly, strongly. about um, the importance, as a general matter, of general. engaging in U.S. policy as it relates to foreign affairs 
in a way that we way. pay attention, of course, to the immediate concerns and threats <laughs> if they exist, but that we also pay attention to 10, 20, 30 years down uh. the line and what we are developing now that will be to the benefit of our country. Got it. She sounds like a smoked up college kid, too. Like they just was like smoking weed through a rain gutter, and you know this. This wow. I mean, you notice that cadence is sort of that a little bit, that sort of Tommy Chongy sort of thing. I don't know. Oh, it's, it's weird. It it's always a, she always sounds drunk or stoned. What to when me. you're you're talking that way? It makes me think of I could picture her as like a college professor. Yeah. And as a young yeah. eighteen year old that doesn't know anything, yeah. the first two months, yeah, you're you're questioning in your mind like that's really profound. And then after about three, four months, you look at your buddies, you're like, wait a second. She doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. It's your stone buddy who starts well, yes. talking about his life. Yeah. Like, it's either like, that what? or the speech writer basically just is writing speeches and write, or the communications person is essentially writing her answers using fridge word magnets. <laughs> Throwing them up the fridge. Yeah. It's okay. like the novel you, you're supposed to like, <laughs> except it's garbage. It's yes. just wordy nonsense. It's, it's exactly like Catcher in the Rye. Yes. It, well, yeah, I get that. Yeah. She's not the answer to Grandpa Joe. That's what they know. No. Speaking of Grandpa, did you see this? They put out the most popular nicknames for grandparents in all the different states. Hmm. And you can't help but think about some politicians when you get to a few of these. Really? Oh, yeah, because, you, of course, you got Grandma and Grandpa. That's most popular. And then you got... Nana and Papa, right? Yeah. Granny, Granddad, Gram, Gramps, uh, Pop, Pop. Who wasn't that Obama? Pop, Pop. Or, was Pop, Pop? Somebody was Pop, Pop. Yeah. Or was called their grandpa Pop, Pop. Okay. No, that was, yeah, it was Jerome who, Adams. The, was it Jerome uh, Adams? The, I couldn't the remember. Former Surgeon who it was. General. Yeah. Who was okay. trying to get uh, uh, African Americans, I guess, to get on board with yeah. either getting the COVID vaccine or wearing a mask or whatever. And he said, think about your pop-pop. Yeah, pop-pop, And yeah. a bunch of people said that he, a black man, saying that was racist. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? I like, right. Ryan why, was but... like, that was very racially yes. insensitive yeah. to use that term. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, Papa. I called my grandpa Papa. And Mama? No, called, no. I, both of my grandmothers were nanny. Okay, mm -hmm. and then, <laughs> I know David's going to love this, Abuela. <laughs> yeah, David loves that one. Well, that, well that's fine in the, in the uh, Hispanic community. I mean, that's the word for grandmother. But Yes, states like California, yeah. Texas, yes. But it's funny because back in the day, I mean, uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez yes. sent yes, a true. photo of her Abuela's... Um, <laughs> Uh, house that was still in Puerto Rico, apparently, that was after still had some damage yeah. after Hurricane Maria. Yes. And my my abuela's house is still in ruins. It was like a couple of ceiling tiles were down. It was fine. Right. I mean, it was damaged, I guess, but it was fine. But she said it was uh, uh, Trump's fault. Yeah. Yes. A bunch of people were like, hey, wait a minute. But, like, you have money. Why aren't you helping her? You're driving a new Tesla. You can't throw a few grand to poor abuela? <laughs> Matt Walsh tried to start a... Uh, GoFundMe account it was raising money for Abuela's house. And they they yes, shut it down. They did. He was just trying to help Abuela. They wouldn't let him. 
So, yes, I saw that. I thought, you know what? You're probably going to remember that. Um, and I can't even remember. What was it for <laughs> for Warren, Elizabeth Warren? Oh. That was something completely different. Mima and Papa. It was Mima and Papa. It was Mima and Papa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe the way she said it. Papa. Well, Whatever. it was Indian. Of course. All right. We got a news update. Set you up with a Friday 5 straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Who's getting a primetime news show? Oh, Jen Psaki. I saw this. The, the, the lady who just, uh, you know, well, what was that, last year, uh, quit her job as Biden's press secretary. She's been working at MSNBC as a contributor and had a weekend show, but now she's going to be doing primetime on Mondays on MSNBC. Just one day a week? Yeah, because their former star, Rachel Maddow, is doing a limited schedule or has been doing a, a limited schedule for a while now. Um, and so they, it's kind of been a mishmash in their primetime lineup. The funniest part about it, though, is, uh, <laughs> is Chris Hayes, who is supposed to be like the future of MSNBC. He's the guy who looks like someone drew a portrait of Rachel Maddow on somebody's thumb. Um, <laughs> he actually got demoted as a result of the lineup changes that have happened. This guy keeps getting screwed over, and it's because everybody knows he's insufferable. He's got, you know, he's got his built-in audience, and that's fine. But he's not going to grow the brand. Everybody knows that. Outside of Maddow, and I don't know, and I don't even know if you know, is there anyone else that gets bigger ratings? Than I have no Maddow? Idea. No, than Hayes. No. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. I was thinking, in that world, you're a white male. You're host. Yep. Yeah, but you're kind of infeminate and you know but you're still a white male yeah that's true i mean you don't appear to be one but you still are one right you know what i mean yeah still tough hmm. Did you see this americans are full of crap yeah huh yes yes we have a shortage of laxatives <laughs> what that's not a joke man seriously there's a wall street journal story that this isn't a supply chain issue it's an overuse situation with laxatives in america the report says we have developed a laxative habit and we're suffering from excessive constipation because we're not eating enough fiber. Oh and my most gosh. people don't move. Oh. Holy smokes, man. Yes. This is Taco Bell's time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> Throw some salsa on a flannel shirt. <laughs> Choke it down. <laughs> uh, they said people may also be taking laxatives to deal with bowel dysfunction caused by anxiety and stress. Oh, yeah. Others may be taking laxatives as a weight loss hack. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Because of misinformation on TikTok about what healthy bathroom behavior should be. So people are popping them like Pez, as you would say, Scott. That is a heck of a deal, isn't it? The demand has increased and people are noticing some stores have been selling out, especially the name brands. Maybe that's some of those smash and grabs. It'll be over the laxatives now. Get them out there on eBay or whatever. <laughs> Underground market for x lax yeah. <laughs> Just going to start calling them smash and craps. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got to set you up for the Friday Five countdown we do every Friday. We've never done this before. You no, had a good idea, it, David. Yeah, and it's kind of a tough list as we were going through, so we had to limit it uh, significantly. But uh, today is Actors Day, and okay. I don't know what that is supposed to be, but it was an excuse to do this. And it was uh, what, what we're 
what our list is is musicians who then became actors. So you're already established as a musician, right? And then you started acting. And so instead of the regular ranking where we do a test of time thing, it's how big on a scale from one to ten was the musician? Then what would you give him on the scale of acting one to ten? As far as the body of work and how good they are as an yeah. actor, and then how much you personally like them. This is a really kind of different list than we've ever done before. Really interesting. If you want to get in early, the number is 210-619-2053. And we'll kick it off next. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, Friday. That means it's time for our countdown. Friday 5. It starts like this. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f*** out of here, all right? The Friday 5. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Friday 5, that's our countdown we do every Friday. Take a little break and do, having some fun. And today, in honor of what, David? Uh, it's Actors Day today. Okay. So you had the idea that we would take musicians that became actors. Yes. So you ranked them on a scale from, well, 1 to 10, how great a musician, then how great an actor, and then how much do you personally like them. Mm -hmm. And we come up with this list. This was tough. To try to figure out what do you give this person yeah. as an actor because they were like big in one movie. Did they have to be big in a lot of different movies? Was their acting terrible? <laughs> Was it really good? Trying to figure all of it out. So I'm sure there will be much debate. You know, it's funny because every actor wants to be a musician. Every musician wants to be an actor. It always is. It seems like that is always the case. It does seem that way. It's like Johnny times. Depp, great actor. Wanted to be a musician. Yeah. You know, I mean, these guys, it's... Well, and sometimes they'll do it like Russell Crowe and they'll get their own band and it doesn't go yeah, anywhere. Right. Depp hooked up with the Hollywood Vampires with Joe Perry and yeah, Alice I mean, Cooper had, and those guys. And chops there, fun. right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that is true. Famous. All right, we got to get to it. Who's up first today? Uh, let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hey, guys. Happy Friday. Happy hey, Friday, Mary. Mary. Hey, so um, today I thought of a half a dozen very easily and... Um, the one I picked is the king of R&R, and that would be Elvis. Yeah. Mary, you're going to have a great weekend. I can feel it. <laughs> Number one. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and I'll go, can't go, but don't you step on That's my kind of a no-brainer. I mean, huge movies, obviously. Well, you can do anything, but the yes. Everyone have him at number one? I think yes. so. Yeah, every, that was a unanimous number one. I don't know if that's ever happened or not on this show. It's rare. It's been a unanimous number one. Yes. I know I say this every time Elvis comes up. 50s Elvis was a badass man. Yeah. No doubt about it. Just love that old stuff. Really you know, good. The voice. Jack White had a cameo as Elvis in the movie Walk Hard. I remember that. Jack White doesn't wind up on the list, by the way. 
No. He was in a couple of different things, but that body of work as an actor was not going to get him there. You guys see the Elvis movie? Any of you? I saw it. I haven't seen it. It's different. I kind of want to see it. I don't know why I haven't seen it. i got no reason, I guess. Just haven't taken the time to sit down and watch it. I Have guess. you ever watched a movie and felt like you were entertained, but you're not sure you'd recommend it? Yes. Because I don't feel that strongly about it. It was yeah. like, it's kind of weird. It's okay. It's entertaining. I don't know. Different. I'll just okay. leave right. it at that. All right. So Elvis, number one, musicians who became actors. Who's next? Let's talk to Archie in Virginia. Hey, Archie. Happy Friday, fellas. Archie. Thanks for checking in, man. Hey, man. Great to talk to you. Um, I, this was a tough one. And, and again, Mary beat me to number one. Mm. Damn it, Mary. Um, <laughs> Mary's tough, what I, man. What I did come up with was this gal, one of her number one hits in the 80s, would have been Obama's answer to the accusations of his homosexuality. And that is, he's like a virgin. Madonna. <laughs> oh, Madonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know where Madonna kind of got hosed on this list. The personal like of everyone. Yeah. Because as a musician, that's a 10. She is. Well, yeah. Can you dispute that? Anybody? No. She was huge. No, I played all those records, yeah. And she was in some successful movies. So I'm thinking at least a seven, right? Yeah, that's where I had a peg. Personal like. Zero. Yeah. It, uh, like a one. That's my favorite Madonna song. If I had to pick one song, that would be it. Opening your heart. Is that what we're going to do right now? Go around the table? I think our favorite? top five of favorite Madonna songs sometimes. They like crazy for you. I kind of like that. There's another one that I, if I had to admit, I, I don't Come on, do what it. is it? I don't want to do what it. What is it? Are we in the trust circle? Well, of course sure. we are. What is it? La Isla Bonita. <laughs> La Isla Bonita. Wow. <laughs> now, be, on with the count. got to be Thank a better you. story behind that one, but okay. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some other time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, let, let's, let's move on now. Let's talk to Joey in Salem. Hey, Joey. Hey, guys. How's it going? Going great, Joey. How's it going for you, bro? Oh, it's Friday, and it's always a pleasure to speak to you guys. And I'm Absolutely. glad that I taught you guys that Elton John has red hair. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah we booted that one. No kidding. So my guess for this week is uh, the Funky Bunch is on Mark Wahlberg. Yes, man. Oh, dude, I got to Because Mark, Mark, honestly, better acting, musician, and not close. Definitely. Okay. So this was a huge song. Oh, yeah. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. You played it at the Top 40 Radio. Yep. And so I remembered there was a follow-up song to it, and we I wanted Robbins to bet me off air yesterday. I couldn't remember the song, and you said, no, there wasn't. And I said, I think there was something, and I think it made the top ten. Yeah. Okay. We looked it up, and it's basically a cover of Wild Side from Lou Reed. We don't have time to play right now. It's so freaking bad. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, and it knocked the score down for yeah. me as a musician one notch, and it left him out of the top five. He was right there. I mean, yeah. the whole thing was a process. I mean, yeah. it was right out of a, you know, processing of a studio. You got a guy who looks like him, no shirt on, can rap a little bit, and they put this generic track under him, and it worked. Well, wasn't the whole bit that he was the little brother of the new kids on the block guy? Yeah, Donnie. Donnie, Donnie yeah. Yes. 
So yeah, well, yeah, of course we can make money off this kid. That was the whole and thing. And they did. Yes, they did. Okay, again, the Friday Five. Musicians who became actors. Who's next, David? Well, let's talk to Kurt in Portland. Hey, Kurt. Hi. Hi, Kurt. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, Great, man. man. What you thinking? Well, uh, you know, I'm out here in Portland, Oregon, where uh, all visitors out here are courtesy of Todd Whalen get a free tent, a roll of foil, and uh, a box of hypodermic needles. <laughs> but besides that... Uh, my guess for this is uh, Prince. Yeah. Yes. Number three. Used to be this song would come on and Scott couldn't help himself. He'd put his arms above his head and then his way back and forth. Hold my phone up and put the light on it now. Yeah. It's like the movie. Well, you and I have been to that club where it was filmed. Yeah. In Minneapolis. We also both saw him in live in concert. That's right. Same you show. Guys. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Dude, I, you know what? I say this every time. One of the top five guitar performances I ever oh, saw live. Gotcha. Unbelievable. Yeah. He unleashed the beast live. He came down the aisle, and he was right by me, and he was playing. And then he looked right into your eyes. Yeah. And he sang Cream. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, well. At least that's the way I remember. At least it wasn't knew, Peach. He asked, he asked yeah. me if I knew Obama. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> but I mean, he was only in a couple of movies. Yeah, he financed them both. Yeah, and so, you could yeah. argue maybe not the greatest actor. He was kind of playing himself, but still, he deserves to be. The there, magic man. ran out on Under the Cherry Moon. Yeah, that one. He, yeah. he didn't quite make my list on the actor side of things. It was, it was like ah, well, the actor thing. The it's like a three like or yeah. a four, maybe. You know. Yeah, I, I ended up with a four, so a 10, a yeah. four, and then the personal like was high, so yeah. yeah, made it for me. Okay, so we've got Elvis at one. You got Prince at three. We're still looking for two, four, and five. Who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to Uncle Schultze in Oregon. Hey, Uncle Schultze. Well, happy Friday, gentlemen. You know, a few minutes ago, you guys were talking about laxatives, and it kind of reminded <laughs> me of my flight last week out of Atlanta on Delta Airlines. I oh. didn't have much time, so I had a quick burrito at the Taco Bell, mm. and I knew as soon as we were wheels up off the tarmac that disaster was going to strike. So, yeah. anywho, <laughs> I'm going to go with Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake made my top five. Yes, but not the group top five. That guy's been in some big movies. Yeah. You got to give him a 10 for musician his popularity, correct? Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking for actor, like six or seven, right? Yeah, I, I think I had him at a seven. My personal life is not very high for less than 10 points. Okay, this probably isn't fair. For personal life, I float between a two and a three. Because between my kids, at least my daughters and my wife, and the stuff that they would listen to, that was one of the least offensive. So it's like, oh, I didn't mind that that much. Yeah. Bringing sexy back. Whoop. Yeah. Well, I, he, his performance on Saturday Night Live was, you know, one everybody will still talk about forever till the end of time. Oh, how funny he was. The D in the box thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that yes. was, yeah. yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. All right, who's next? All right, let's talk to Mike in San Antonio. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys, big fans. Uh, I'm going to go with a uh, certain Canadian teacher's inspiration, Dolly Parton. 
<laughs> That's a great take, Mike. Yeah, that's great. Fantastic, dude. <laughs> Number two. I'm guessing that Van Camp homered this this high. Actually, no. I, I had her at three. Scott had her at two. Two. Really? Yeah. yeah. Was she in another movie besides 9 to 5? Uh, Steel Magnolias. Yeah. Steel Magnolias. And, oh, and she's, right. she's been in about a hundred, like, Christmas movies. Yeah, the Hallmark uh, movies. Hallmark. Or, and yeah, uh, yeah I mean, unbelievable, yeah. Or was that uh, Coat of Many Colors was a TV movie? No, man. I don't think I ranked her high enough as an actor. She may have made my five. Well, it would have been close. Yeah. Well, I, nine to five. I mean, I haven't seen that movie, I don't know, in 35 years. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking it was pretty good when it was out. I'm hesitant to say, man, go see that movie because it may be a hunk of crap. Sometimes that happens. You see it years later. Yeah. Dabney Coleman. Yeah, he was good in it. That's what I remember. Like two of the three leads I find insufferable now. Yeah. That's so true. Lily Tomlin and Jane, Jane Fonda, Fonda, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not recommending <laughs> Is that crazy how that happens? All right. Friday Five. Musicians who became actors. Still looking for number four and number five. And we'll wrap it up coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right. We got a news update and then the Scott Robbins trifecta to get to and a few... Got to wrap up the Friday Five countdown we do every Friday. Today, what'd you say it was, David? The Actors Day or something? Yeah, it's Actors Day. Yeah. So David had the idea. Why not the greatest musicians who became actors of all time? You're number one, the king. Dolly Parton at two. Prince at three. Still looking for number four and five. Got great honorable mentions, too. Marky Mark. Yeah, Mark Wahlberg. And I'm sorry, uh, your girl didn't make the top five, Scott. Okay, she's not my girl. I'm sorry. I just know you played a lot of her songs and played them a lot on Top 40 Radio. Not a lot, but I played that one. I played The Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you weren't a fan. No. Okay, got it. All right, back to it. Who is up next, David? Uh, Let's talk to Keith in Florida. Hey, Keith. Hey, how y'all doing? Great, Keith. Keith. Thanks for taking the time to check in, man. Yeah, great show, man. Never miss it. Oh, thanks. My my guess would be Meatloaf. Oh yeah, played oh, played in Black Dog. <laughs> Meatloaf is an artist. Eight at least out of ten. And then actor, what do you say? Probably a five-ish. I mean, okay. Tough. Yeah, I mean, he, he was in the, uh, of course, in Fight Club. He was in Rocky yes. War Picture Show. And, and yeah. who could forget his performance as the bus driver in uh, the Spice Girls movie? Okay. I could. Yeah, I was just saying, I didn't know it. I, I didn't know did it. have it. Oh, yeah, Lenny Kravitz, man. He was in all those Hunger Game movies. Oh, yeah, that's right. The actor's score wasn't high enough. I wanted to get Lenny in there. It didn't happen. Yeah, that's sad. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Julie in Oregon. Hey, Julie. Hey, guys. Okay. Make sure that you guys keep his wife's name out of your mouth, but I'm going to go with Will Smith. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Oh, my gosh. Is that funny? Keep my wife's name out of your mouth. 
Right. Number four. If you ever rip with people, one of us break out before you get bum rushed. At the That's the thing, man. So with Will Smith as an actor, you got to give a ten, right? Yeah, absolutely. Been a big actor. As a musician? Yeah, I mean, him and Jazzy Jeff and whatnot. I mean, they had a run. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was one of those. It's weird. He was like semi popular, maybe, I don't know, five, six as, as a musician initially. Yeah. And then his biggest hits came after he became a famous actor. Yeah, that's true. With like just the two of us, that, that, that version of it. Um, oh, yeah. Men that's in Black right. and then the movie, yeah, all the movie soundtrack stuff. Right. All right. Who's next? Uh, let's talk to Kevin in Peoria. Hey, Kevin. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Kevin, what's up, man? Thanks for checking in, dude. Hey, it's been a while, but uh, really upset that Ice-T didn't make the list, but I guess we could go with Ice Cube. Yes. Number five. Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know, but today seems kind of high. No Ice Cube. Is interesting, just like Ice T, who is honorable mention. I mean, quite a reputation as a musical artist. And then these fun-loving comedies they're in in movies. Dude, it, it is so crazy that the F the Police guy is in is doing like goofy family comedies, isn't it? And then yeah, in real life he's still a nut. Like, it's not like he just sort of, like, cleaned up his act and whatever. He's like, yeah, now I'm just going to be a family man. Oh, no, he just plays the part really well. Yeah. Wow. Well, he had the ice guys, Ice Cube, Ice T, Vanilla Ice. Was Vanilla Ice an He was actor? in a movie. He was in the Did Ninja Turtles Did he make your movie. list? Yeah, the Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah. Go hey, did Turtles. Did you have this good. person on your list, Scott? Um, I don't remember. I thought I did. But... Played a lot of those songs. Too. Yeah, I did. Dwight Yoakam got hosed, in my opinion. But a good list, nonetheless. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Okay. Biggest story of the day, David. Uh, biggest story of the day. I think it's that you got people uh, from the Biden campaign going out there and saying, hey, once people see this ad that show that he can ride on an airplane and walk a few steps in Ukraine, his polling numbers are going to go through the roof. <laughs> I don't know if that's just desperation stupidity a combination of both it's like you got to do something so i guess we're we're just gonna try to they're going through the motions and cashing checks let's be honest that's what everybody yes. in the biden campaign is doing everybody's got the marching orders that's what it seems like bring back dark brandon <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll get to a news update andy scott robbins trifecta straight ahead right here The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So one of the things we talked about is because of the situation in New York City, you're seeing a more national focus on the illegal immigration problem. Yeah. yeah. Now it's being highlighted as, well, you got a lot of illegal crossings in New Hampshire. <laughs> in New Hampshire? Well, yeah, they're getting sent there to New Hampshire. I'm telling you, man, you guys... The whole thing on Fox about you, it. You freaking jumping up and down, sanctuary state, sanctuary city, all this garbage. It's coming to you. It's coming to you. Well, did you hear the uh, ladies on The View based in New York? This is ABC News. I heard about this. I haven't heard it, though. Do you have that clip, Jamie? I've got it here if you don't have it at the ready. I don't have it. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. Did you send it? Uh, I think I did. I, I, I got it here, though. Okay. Um, yeah, they're they're saying, hey, look, we want to be open and everything, but you know, we we can't have everybody winding up in New York City. But I mean, why not? First and foremost, not everybody is winding up in New York City. It's actually just a, a sliver of the problem. But uh, yeah, here are the. Uh, the Mensa members on The View. Stress on, on, on a city, on a community, on the social services. They need to be resettled elsewhere. Th- they, right? need to they need to be out. We're this right, massive yeah. country. Well, and it's only going to get worse with global warming and climate change because people can't live in certain parts of this world. Oh, my God. Oh, oh people my can't goodness. live in certain parts of the world. Well, wait a minute. I, but I've been seeing on the news all the time that basically... Uh, like the southern portion of the United States is completely unlivable because of, uh, you know, alarm bells ringing due to yes. massive uh, heat waves and people are dying. Mm-hmm. So they have to go north, okay? They have yeah. to be up in the northeast. What a holy smokes. Wow, man. This is something. I just, the hypocrisy rides so high. It does, dude. You know, you were the ones critical of, of everybody in Texas and Arizona and Florida who had to absorb this. These rednecks, these racists that, you know, people of color come in and they don't want them in their communities. <laughs> it's to defund the police when it starts hitting the suburbs. And it will, if it hasn't already, it will. And all of a sudden, your little, uh, you know, the Chardonnay Mafia is going to have some problems. Again, man. I think it's, you know, as far as conversation or conversations, I guess I should say, that just happen with regular people and you have progressive friends and they talk about we should allow people to just come in. Yeah. I think it's fair to ask, do you give anything to any cause that helps people in other countries, the people that you claim to care so much about? Most of the time, the answer is going to be no. No, if they're being honest, no. Well, if you just go to the statistics. Right. It's not happening. So you really don't care that much. And the ones that are helping are faith-based, generally speaking. A lot of times, yeah. And they, of course, abhor people of faith. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean. So restrictive. Right. Well, they're actually trying to help people. They want want to lecture you on how Jesus would react, too. They love to do that. Like they have any idea. Right. Exactly. Like they've read scripture. Yeah. It, it's comical. Or they take one piece out of context. Yeah. See? This is what he said. Right, exactly. Yeah, you forgot about go forth and sin no more. You always yeah. forget that one, it seems. Pipe down with that kind of nonsense over there, huh? I know. All right. I know. Okay. You ready for your big three? Yeah, let's go. All right, here we go. Are you ready? One, one two, three. Look at you all. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, Scott Robbins trifecta. Top three of the day. Helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. Ah, big weekend, Casey. I'll see you. Coming over, right? Gotcha. No, you see. I'm ready. No commitment. (laughs) Three. Okay. Uh, You want to talk about uh, Texas and abortion. Well, you know, okay. Okay, he weighed in on that one, too. The Texas abortion ban is working. Now, this is the heartbeat bill, correct, David? You're in Texas. Yeah. A new report from the Texas Health Department uh, shows that just 17 abortions so far in 2023. 
as the law has saved tens of thousands of babies from abortions. Texas Health and Human Service Commission recorded only 17 legal abortions in the first four months of 2023, according to a new report by the agency. All the abortions that took place were needed to save the life of the mother or because of medical emergencies. Okay, hold on. I want to make sure that I understand this. Okay. So when you're talking the number 17, that's not for people that got an abortion before six weeks. That number doesn't count that. It's after After, six weeks because of emergency. Because of the emergency ban, yeah. Okay. I thought you were saying 17. No, but we've been told, we've been told, of course, that that life of the mother doesn't matter to you. You'll kill the mother. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know, the the pro-abortionists. But uh, some abortion advocates expressed shock at the numbers. But they clearly didn't understand that essentially abortion is never a medical emergency. They just want to. It's very low percent. Use that then as, you, as cannon yes. fodder. Yes. Roll that out there. You know, I thought it was interesting. I, I think it's an interesting stat. But you, I kind of, you know, it's what you kind of come to expect, I guess, if you have those kind of laws in place. You know, when you do talk about those situations and you look at the statistics over time, it is rare. Yet, when the argument gets flipped, and you say, as far as Democrats, they want abortion up till the moment of birth that is not true well sure it is it is yeah of course it is yeah i mean they get very uncomfortable with that question that's not true but you look at those laws in those states and that's what they're talking about using it has tourism yes illinois okay okay scott robbins trifecta top three of the day number two number two team usa basketball has lost you say U.S. men's basketball team fell short of expectations at the FIBA World Cup. Team USA suffered a two-point loss to Germany in the semifinals in the Philippines on Friday. That went under the radar. Despite the disappointing defeat, their words, not mine, the American men's team will now compete for a bronze medal when they take on Canada coming up this Sunday. Whoa. Appar- I had not heard this. Uh, yeah, Germany beat them, and so they got knocked out of the uh, gold medal round, and now they're going to play for the bronze medal. Coach Steve Kerr said he was disappointed, but, you know, he thought they played up to their expectations. No, he didn't say that. Did he really? He said he was happy with the way they played, but they just came up short. Yeah. Who's on the team? I, that's I mean, a, I know you don't have that's, it in front that's of you. a great question. I don't have a roster in front of me, but there are several NBA players on this team, yeah. They said they were undersized by Germany was was bigger. So? Yeah, I know. When have you ever heard that that would be, well, they played up to expectations with a basketball team representing the United States. They lose, but no, absolutely not. You didn't play up to expectations. Well, the good news is Kirk can go back to criticizing America now. So that's, you know, he's got nothing else to do until the regular season. They've got this up at all. I don't know if this will mean anything to you it doesn't mean anything to me because i don't follow basketball okay uh paolo banchero okay uh i ordered that last night michael or michael bridges are these the starters i don't know these are just the athletes that are listed here okay you can just roll right through who's on that roster all right brandon ingram uh josh hart tyrese halliburton jaron jackson uh cam johnson uh, Walker, Kessler, Bobby Portis, and Austin Reeves. So the marquee players are like, you know what? I'll wait for the Olympics. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I mean, okay. they, they, but again. It's still surprising. Right. Yes. But it, 
a lot of these other countries, at least the last time I was watching this, had a lot more pride about playing for country, it seemed. Uh, yes. Let's just leave it at that. Because I don't know what every player's thinking, but that's the overall vibe. You know, you I get. used to root for Steve Kerr, but I root against Steve Kerr now. Well, it's insufferable. He is insufferable. Uh, yes. Totally. Yeah. Totally agree. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day up to number one. Can't believe this one. Nancy Pelosi, 83 years of age, is running for re-election. Yeah, she just made the announcement. Uh, she's going to seek her 20th term in the U.S. House of Representatives. She's 83, by the way. Wow. Declared her candidacy on, on X, Twitter, of course. She said, now more than ever, our city needs us to advance San Francisco values. And <laughs> Are you, you made that no, up. No, I'm not making it up. That was her statement. She said, now more than ever, our city needs to advance San Francisco values and further our recovery. Our country needs America to show the world that our flag is still there. And with liberty and justice for all, all caps. This is why I'm running for re-election and respectfully ask for your vote. Uh, I'm, I'm just wondering, continue San Francisco's recovery? Yes. What recovery? It's a great question. I'm not just trying to take shots here, but, but honestly, what recovery? Businesses are leaving left and right. Well, it's getting yeah. worse. And the values of San Francisco. I find that interesting yeah. as well. I mean, there should be a sign of something horribly wrong, I guess, when an 80-plus person feels the need to continue a political career and not pass the torch. Why wouldn't? Why would you do that at 83 years old? Because you're addicted to the power. You're addicted to the power, and I'm sure there's some dough attached to it. Wow, man. 83. It's San Francisco. You know, okay. Who who was it that said that? It's an old folks' home for uh, for uh, politicians. Washington Mickey Haley is a, yeah is an old folks' home for politicians, and it is. <laughs> well, she's got the answer to the immigration issue in America, if you remember, saying uh, the. Uh, when they took all those people here illegally and sent them up uh, to Martha's Vineyard and all that, they should have stayed in Florida to pick crops. Oh, yeah. Remember that whole thing? Boy, howdy, I forgot that we one. We have a shortage of workers in our country, and you see even in Florida some of the farmers and the growers saying, why are you shipping these uh, immigrants <laughs> up north? We need them to pick the crops down here. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, servants, stay there. Pick the crops. Well, Pay them nickels. George Floyd sacrificed his life, too. Yeah. That was none of my favorite Nancy Pelosi greatest oh, yes. hits as Thank well. Thank you, George Floyd, Floyd for, for dying. dying. Yeah. Remember that she was way off, making no sense. And then I forget who it was that put it to this dark music, and it was just this hilarious thing. I think I still have a copy of that. The Senate, well, it's most of the product that we've done is... So now we, we may have added in the last day or so, and some of what we added is Senate to the bill, like uh, hearing. Bernie doesn't like hearing. Excuse me. Bernie loves hearing. <laughs> Manchin doesn't want hearing in the bill. And all that stuff. Um, so some is Senate oriented, and then we have. You remember this where they weren't sure yeah. if oh, it cow. was just senility or drunk? Yeah. And then they put it to the music, which just added to the effect. It's so freaking funny, exactly. man. We figured if they're putting things in, then we can put something in, if, even if Manchin doesn't like it. So, um, uh, so we are getting some... 
bird and privilege. I think I think mostly we're getting privilege scrub. <laughs> yes, we're doomed. Privilege scrub. And the thing is, she's gonna win. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Which I, you just—it makes no sense. The people voting are like, you know what? We need more. We need more Pelosi. Of that. Yes. Wow. Okay. News update at Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markson, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Oh, before we get to Nimrod's in the news, news update, David Van Camp. I think this is a pretty funny story here. And it starts off with the Venice Film Festival. And I promise you're going to like it um, in this case. So there was a, uh, a Danish director who was doing a Q&A because he's got a new film that's being screened there. And one of these weenie journalists says, well, um, uh, if it's not because of artistic reasons, but because of a lack of diversity, um, this film cannot compete in the Academy Awards. Are you worried about that? Are you? You worried about a lack of diversity in the film? The director says, well, the film takes place in Denmark in the 1750s. We do have a big plot line about a girl of color who's being subjected to racism. It was very rare to have people of color in Denmark in the 1700s. Almost nobody. She was probably at the time the only one in the entire country of Denmark. So what are they supposed to do? (laughs) Rewrite history. And I don't even know the rule. Is that correct? So then that won't be up for an award because of that. I, I suppose so, yeah. Well, yeah, if you base it on the criteria that they set forth, right? I guess. They meeting the Academy. I, yeah, I believe you're right. Which I guess is another reason why these awards don't mean a whole lot to no, people like they used to. No. Nobody's <laughs> watching them either. So, basically, you need people of color to act in these roles that would have been white people. But that not that... <laughs> Breaking some other leftist rule? No? I, nah, I don't it know, makes man. no sense. Yeah, no. Oh, my gosh. We could go on and on. We're gonna... I feel like we already started Nimrods. You know what I mean? Well, kind of. Golly. Yeah. We'll just start it in. Go ahead. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. We'll start with this one. Uh, UK. Uh, man, it was a scene, dude. Uh, this person sees a bunch of people, and they're thinking, this is like a ritual killing. This is like mass murder. There's all these people dead. Oh, my God. Call the cops. Cops get there. Uh, people aren't dead. It's a yoga class. <laughs> they're doing the corpse pose. Yeah. <laughs> That is such a thing. Apparently, they were doing it very, very well. <clears throat> yes. Wow. I think it's, uh, what's the term? I'll probably butcher it. Shavasana. Person lays on their back with their arms and legs spread out. They're I walking see. by and they see, oh my gosh, people are dead. How long do they assume that? I mean. Depends on the class, I suppose. Wow. Okay. Do you know how to do downward dog? No. Yeah, just typical yoga pose. I watched that cartoon, though. Then what's the one where you put the foot up on your other thigh and then you put your hands above your head? 
That's not sun salutation, is it? I have no idea. I'm trying to remember all this from We Fit from years ago. Hmm. The kids that do the thing and you're trying to balance on that thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good times. Um, Oh, man, the other one real quick. (laughs) Pro Lee. This is in Ohio. Goes into an Ace Hardware. Uh, uh, Yeah, you got any hedge clippers? Yep, right over there. Ankle monitor. Left in the aisle, gonzo. Wow, ingenuity, man. And that's Nimrods in the news.